Welcome to the Church Times podcast. Try 10 issues for £10 or two months access to our website and apps also for £10. Go to churchtimes.co.uk forward slash new hyphen reader. Hello, I'm Ed Thornton, Assistant Editor of the Church Times. I'm joined today by the Reverend Peter Crumpler, a priest in the Diocese of St Albans, an avid football fan, and a former Director of Communications at Church House. We're recording this the morning after England beat Denmark 2-1 in extra time at Wembley, landing them a place in the final of the Euros against Italy on Sunday. Peter, um, good to have you back on the podcast. It's good to be here and to be speaking to you, Ed, on this really historic day. It it feels very strange. It feels very much like the morning after the night before. And I think any any person who's been an England fan is a fan as long as I have. Uh, we are kind of pinching ourselves and thinking, did did this really happen? Indeed, it's certainly the. Um... For many of us, the, the first time we've we've seen this, of course, not we haven't been, I think, in an international tournament final since 1966. Well, that, well, that's right. And I, I was uh, just checking out the, the the lyrics of the Three Lions song earlier on, which, of course, has become one of those sort of theme tunes for all the fans. And of course, the original version uh, written in 1996 said, you know, 30 30 years of pain and now we've had another 25 years since then so it's 55 years since we were last in the final of a big tournament and it's tremendous that we're back there and I think it's really good for the country and it's really good for football across across this land. That's right and in a story we published on our website this morning we quoted um, the Bishop of Burnley Philip North tweeting at um, I think it was the beginning of the second half of extra time saying this 15 minutes is going to be 55 years so alluding to that wait and and also I think to the tension that everyone was feeling um how did you find the match last night was it sort of unbearably tense at times but I I found I'm one of those people who internalizes their stress Ed so I I realized that I had this sort of that my stomach was clenched all the way through for the 90 minutes and then the 30 minutes and at the end of it I just had this very hollow ache because I, I just realized I, I'd been tense all all the way through it and and that's the way uh, I, I think I've watched every England match that I can remember with with the exception of the the Ukraine match uh, which of course we won what was it 4-0 and and there was there was a group World Cup match uh, I think it was against Panama that we won by so many goals that, that you could actually relax. But usually you didn't, you just didn't relax, do you? And, and, uh, and the fact we won last night was just an intense um, release of pressure, I think. And, and I think that that's what you feel across the country uh, this morning as well, that this is something very, very deep for England. Uh, and, you know, we are the Church of England. So that, that's, that's, let's celebrate this as, as a national... Uh, as a national triumph. Absolutely. And um, have you been surprised at England's progress in this tournament all the way to the final? I think I have been surprised, but only because of those 55 years that, that I, th- I think I think it was Nick Hornby who wrote that the natural 
condition of a football supporter is to be frustrated and disappointed. Uh, and I think that's certainly been the case uh, for me for all these years with, with England. So only now can we actually dare to dream that we might go all the way and actually win this, uh, uh, win this trophy, win this tournament, which would be so good for, uh, for all of us. You know, just, just really good and really positive for the country. Because I kind of feel that after, after Brexit, after the pandemic, uh, we really need something to bring us together. And in the way that our, our, our neighbours in Scotland or Wales or Ireland or Northern Ireland have, have a great sense of identity, uh, we, we as the English kind of struggle with the idea of having a, a corporate identity. Instead, we've got regional identities, haven't we? Northerners or Northwesterners or Yorkshire people. Um, but in terms of the country, there are very few things that bring the English together. And, and, and football is one of those things that, that does it. So I want to rejoice in, in the good news around this. Much has been written about Gareth Southgate's approach to managing the team, not, not just tactically, but also the sort of time he invests in players, listening to their concerns, helping them to keep calm under pressure. Um, just be interested in your thoughts on that, both as a priest and as someone who's led large organisations and teams. Did you see any parallels with, with pastoral ministry? I think very much so. I mean, what, one of the things that has struck me is that whenever Gareth, is, uh, Gareth Southgate is, is in, as it were, invited to take some of the credit, he will spread that credit around and say, well, it's a great team. Uh, and, you know, very struck by saying, you know, last night we really had the crowd behind us. And, and for me in Christian ministry, something I, I aspire to and probably haven't always achieved, in, in a sense, is to, is to adopt what I describe as the, the, the John the Baptist approach in the way that John the Baptist pointed away from himself, you know, supremely pointed to Jesus. Uh, and I think that that's something for us to do in all our ministry, that it's not about me. Um, it's about those around us. It's about the team. It's about other people. And, and, and if we can be pointing, our, pointing away from our, our, ourselves, I think that builds up the team. If we can be self-effacing, then others can be um, similarly exercise humility, but also grow into their gifts, which is what I think we've seen Gareth doing. And, and when we look at the England team, we may think of, I don't know, perhaps one or two individuals, but generally, it's a team performance. Uh, and if in the way in a church we can get more people involved uh, as creatively as, as, as possible, then I think we can be sort of firing on all cylinders and doing, doing much more rather than the, the, uh, the priest or, or, or a reader or, or somebody attracting attention to themselves and being the focus. Because I, I think that's, that's never terribly helpful. We, we've got to point away from ourselves to others, just as Gareth Southgate does. Sure. The, the Bishop of Leeds, Nick Baines, in his Radio 4 Thought for the Day this morning, I think some said that Gareth Southgate embodies a kind of confident humility. I mean, do you think that's a phrase that resonates in terms of Gareth? It's humble, but there's strength there, isn't there? I think that's right. I mean, uh, I mean Bishop Nick is, is, is very astute in these things, and of course he's a he, he's a real football fan as well. Uh, that, that, that's absolutely right. I think when you see Gareth Southgate on the on the touchline, 
you you see him embodying a sort of strength that that is there. He's not, you know, he's not. You can see him engaging with the match, and you can see the empathy that he feels for for his players, which I think is very real. But you can also see there's this sort of strength and and solidity about him that that really that really comes across. I mean, it's been very interesting, Ed, just looking at some of the coverage and some of the religious words that get that get used around uh, redemption and atonement and, and and resurrection really i mean that, let's just think of the the danish team and say what a great um achievement that, that they have made to get this far after that you know that awful tragic uh first match where where you know their their their, their key man christian Eriksen, uh has has you know a heart failure on the pitch and and and, and nearly dies and yet these players, just a short time after, have to continue with the match, which is extraordinary. And is, is I think if I had to say something about the Euros, the, the management of the Euros, that's something that's got to be looked at. That can't be right, that they had to play that game. But coming out of that, you've got, if you like, the resurrection of, 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 of the Danish team. So to have come this far is brilliant. And a lot's been written about the, you know, you know, the redemption of Gareth Southgate after after missing that penalty back in 19, 1996, and as as it were, atoning for that. And so, so there's so much religious um, imagery and 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 phraseology being being used around football, and I think that that goes to show that somehow that, you know, people as a cliche say that football is a religion. Well, I think it's much more complex than that and I'm not sure I'd you know completely go along with that but what I would say is that football plays such a key part in the identity of so very many people um, and, and I'm sure many many of many of the uh, the clergy and the ministers um, listening to this conversation now will have memories of taking funerals for football supporters where you know the, the fact that they 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 supported a particular team was one of the key things that was said about them uh, during during that funeral service because football is so much of it, of the identity of so many people much more than a, you know a hobby that they had or an interest it's much more ingrained within them and I find that really really exciting really interesting and for us as ministers of of the faith. Is something we've really got to engage with, I think, as we as we carry out our ministry. I'm also interested in the um, question of character. A lot's been written about the character of both Southgate and the England team. Henry Winter wrote in the Times um, the day before the semi-final that he thought Southgate and his players have the humility to win, which I thought was a very interesting phrase. You don't often hear humility and victory in in the same phrase. But what are your thoughts on the importance of character in football and this England team in particular and how how it might relate actually to performances on the pitch. I think you're right uh, it, that's absolutely key and, and I, I was just looking this morning at uh, an open letter that, that Gareth, Gareth Southgate wrote back in the beginning of June if you remember right at the beginning of the tournament a really good articulate letter uh, and, and forgive me but we don't always look to football coaches to be particularly our articulate but but you know here here is uh, something he wrote he's he talked about playing for England and he, and he said 
It's about how we conduct ourselves on and off the pitch, how we bring people together, how we inspire and unite, how we create memories that last beyond the 90 minutes, that last beyond the summer, that last forever. And, and, and something else he said in that same letter, he said, you remember where you were watching England games and who you were watching with. And then very significantly, he then says, and who you were at the time and who you were at the time. So, so to me, that speaks something very deep about identity and how that is tied up with something that people outside of football perhaps wouldn't get the way it really is ingrained together. You know, we, when we watch a football match, we do uh, you know, a, a, an England match. We remember who we were with, um, what was happening in our lives at the time. But who we were at the time, that, that's a really deep piece of identity that goes to, um, I, you know, as, as a Christian minister, I want to look at that and engage with that and say, what is going on here in terms of sport and identity? And how can I, as a Christian minister, relate to people better? because I understand the football teams that they support and the journey they, that they've been on in sport. Yeah, I, was, I was, got a WhatsApp message from an old school friend last night saying, do you remember watching the Euro 96 semi-final against Germany at our friend's house? You know, um, And it brought back all those memories of what we were doing at the time, who we were with, and also a lot of reflecting on, I was only 14 or 15 at the time, but yeah, who, who we were at the time, who we are now, most of us are married and with fathers and that sort of thing and it, it almost punctuates your life thinking of those significant moments in in football you're absolutely right because i had exactly the same experience i i was working for british gas in 1996 working on a particular project based in central london and euro 96 was all around us it was a great time to be working in london the atmosphere was absolutely superb and just in this last week, I've been exchanging an email with one of the people I was working with at that time. So you do remember these things. They, they go deep, deep within you. There's also been a lot of talk about the sort of social justice causes that, that players are championing. I mean, particularly Marcus Rashford's free school meals and then the summer holidays campaign, but also people like Raheem Sterling and Jordan Pickford using their platforms to, to counter racism. And of course, the taking of the knee um, at matches before, before the whistle is blown to start the match um and what would you say to those who say that footballers should stay out of politics you often hear this about bishops and church people people also say you should stay out of politics I and mean, are there any parallels where people don't like the two spheres coming together yes that's really interesting isn't it the, the church is, is is called to uh, is called upon to stay out of politics when politics is about everyday life and the, and the way and, and the way we live it so the church is very much intertwined quite rightly with that and the church should be speaking out on politics it, it, it's trickier with sport in a way but I, I i do feel that because i mean sport isn't just part of the entertainment business it is it is integral to so many people's character and their and their being i mean for example the football team that many people support will be the team that their grandfather or their father took them to uh, in, 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 the, in, in, in their younger days. So they go to that match and they support that team as part of their identity uh, uh, that, uh, that is rooted in, in their family history. 
if you if, if you like and it is so much part of our, our culture so one of the things i watching the match last night um i was pleased to see the players take the knee i think it's a very good thing to do i think we keep on doing it uh, and then at the same time the danish team who who were not uh, because of, uh, of of their own reasons not taking the knee were applauding uh, and that to me showed the uh, the unity around uh, around this issue and and i think somehow the england team the the you know the multi ethnic nature of 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 the english team to me shows something about the i hope something about we as a nation becoming more comfortable with being a multi-ethnic nation you know to see you know raheem sterling and and harry kane embracing each other the way they work together uh, to see the players from a range of uh, ethnicities celebrating together as all one england you know if only we across all of all the ethnicities in this country had that um, that comfort if you like you know the being at ease with with that uh, that would be tremendous so somehow i think the england team is embodying i hope the you know the multi ethnic at ease with ourselves um, country that we that, that we aspire to be uh, and and i i i'd love us to be much much more mm. and that could be a model i guess for the for churches particularly the church of england which has been grappling with um, issues of racial inequality and trying to live up to that vision and failing often of not being segregated but being one in churches being places with different ethnicities and people of different class and background that's absolutely right i think i i, I wrote a piece for church times a little a little while ago looking at if you like the lessons for the church that could come out of my own experience of my own uh football club brentford in in west london who will be playing in the premier league next next season let us not forget that and and the way the club has worked to be as diverse as as possible uh obviously obviously having a, a male team and a female team uh, but also working uh to be as diverse in, in every in, in every single in every single way including including sexuality um, we have got in in the church we need to learn some lessons around this about how we can be a much more embracing of of all forms of diversity that, that's not to say that football has got this sorted out because clearly it hasn't but we still have issues around around racism and and inclusion um they are still there there are still some real issues around football and again watching the match on ITV last night i was very struck by the number of adverts for for gambling um and my my own uh, bishop the bishop of 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 st albans alan smith has done tremendous work in the lords and i want to pay him great tribute around countering the role of gambling in in society and really helping to try and get gambling under control and i think there are still some issues around there's certainly football and gambling that we've got to that we've got to confront um, but i think in terms of inclusion um, many football clubs could have things to say to to the church uh, and we can learn things from them perhaps just finally i mean in light of the Eng england's euro success which we hope is um, winning the tournament on sunday but even having got this far the government i think has pledged something like 500 million pounds to fund grassroots football interesting whether you think 
how the churches can be involved in this. And perhaps just more broadly, there's a quote by my favourite England player because he plays for Arsenal, um, Bukayo Saka, which was posted on, on social media by several people, um, talking about his Christian faith, saying, my faith is constantly being exercised when I play in big football matches. Just interested in your thoughts on the integration, I guess, of sport and faith, particularly as people often, you know, even at a sort of mundane level, just the conflict with m- training for children or, or players against church service times and things. But is there a way in which churches can encourage people to see their sporting excellence and, and passion as an expression of their faith? Well, I, I, I think it's worth remembering uh, how so many of the top clubs had their roots in either churches or, or clergy people um, who, who, who formed the clubs often for a way of, of, of helping uh, the men and boys, and it was you know, men and boys in those days, to have something you know, positive to do and, and, to, and have a healthy pastime. And there's a super book by a guy called Peter Lupson uh, called Thank God for Football, that SPCK published, I think it was in 2006. And in that book, he traces the history, the, the, the church roots of clubs like, uh, like Aston Villa and Birmingham City and Bolton Wanderers, uh, Queen's, Queens Park Rangers. Uh, as a Brentford fan, I find it hard to say the words Queen's Park Rangers because they're, they're our big rivals. But, you know, but Spurs you know, and, uh, and even Fulham, another team in West London, you know, the churches or church people were there and played a very, a very key role. Uh, and, and, and the work that chaplains do in, in football clubs around the country is, is really brilliant. So the roots are, are there. I mean, I think in, in a way, sometimes, as you've said, Ed, we viewed the, the football clubs as being the competition, you know, because they take children away on a Sunday morning. I, I think we ought to look at imaginative ways of using football uh, and other sport to, to you know, to, to help us build our roots into communities that have uh in a sense i don't, I don't know I, I can't think of the word but as it were given up on the church where there could be a way back in if if we you know positively sow so seeds build grassroots sports i think there could be a good a, a good way into that I, I i know there's been uh in 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 my own diocese that, that there's at least one fresh expression of church that has grown out of you know, forming a community football team. And I think there could well be more, more scope for that. And, and I think it, it's, it's another one, one of those things where, where I think we as a church need to be more innovative, more, more inventive, and to recognise that for many, many people, football is such a key part of their identity, that if we don't engage with that, we could be missing out. And I mean, one of the things, uh, you know, there'll be people listening to this who've been parish priests for many, many years, much longer than I, than I have. And I would sit at their feet uh, to learn about parish ministry. But one of the things I have found useful is, is knowing the football teams that various people in the congregation support. Uh, and you find that gives you a bridge to them, but it also helps you understand them at, at a, deeper level i i think it's a it's a really useful pastoral tool uh, as well as as a football fan uh, having more fun in our engagements with them and maybe just finally not to 
Um, not so many hostages to fortune, but any predictions for Sunday? I'm very conscious that some people could be listening to this after, uh, uh, after Sunday. I'm going to be very positive here. And I think um, against all the odds, because we go into this as the underdogs, I think it, I'm going to predict 2-1, 2-1 to England in extra time. Sounds stressful, but let's hope so. We've got another stressful evening coming up, I think, Ed. It's, uh, it's, it's the way of life of an England supporter. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Church Times podcast. You can find more news, analysis, comment and book reviews on our website, churchtimes.co.uk. If you are not yet a subscriber to the Church Times, you can try your first 10 issues for just £10. You'll get the paper delivered to your door every Friday, plus full access to our website and digital archive. Go to churchtimes.co.uk forward slash subscribe to find out more. The music for this podcast was provided by Sought After Sounds. Tune in next Friday for the next episode. Thank you.